Hello, Monetization Nation. Kate Erickson is the engine of Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs. Kate is also the co-author of the podcast journal, Ideas to Launch in 50 Days. Her goal is to help entrepreneurs achieve financial and lifestyle freedom. Today, we're going to discuss with Kate the systems and processes of running a successful podcast and digital business. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Welcome both of you, Kate and Katrina, to Monetization Nation. So this is the first episode I've done where it hasn't just been me with a guest, but I'm including a non-guest, I don't know, Katrina, I guess, is a guest as well, but Katrina is my producer. Katrina is my Kate, who, who runs Monetization Nation. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. You're welcome, Nathan. Thanks for the intro. So we wanted to talk to you today about systems and processes for running a podcast and a, a digital business. Since, since John is the face of, of the venture, but you're the engine that kind of makes everything work in the background, which we know is really the important part. Don't, don't tell John <laughs> that. And, um, and so we, I wanted to have Katrina on the show because she has a bunch of questions for you. So we like to start off by asking you to share something that you're super passionate about. I'm very passionate about time because I've found over the past like 10 or so year, years that Time equals freedom. Um, I, I'll share a quick story if that's okay. Um, the last corporate job, well, not the last corporate job, the second to last corporate job that I had because I did go to entrepreneurship and then back to corporate again. Um, I requested time off to take a vacation and it was denied. And that really like flipped a switch for me of like, wow, I am choosing to let somebody else have control over what I'm doing with my time. Um, and that was a biggie for me. I mean, I always knew that I only had two weeks of vacation at my job and that was just like the way it was. But for some reason, that moment like really sticks out in my mind as gaining a new appreciation and a new passion for time and realizing that if I wanted to be in control of my time and have freedom around that, that it was going to mean making a change in my everyday. So very passionate about time because to me, time equals freedom. I love it. And you and your husband have set up a, a pretty unique lifestyle where you've kind of maximized that freedom and, and have, have created a venture that produces great money for you, but even more important, allows you to live the lifestyle you're, you want to live. I want to talk a little bit about that lifestyle you've created and, and kind of the story behind how you guys created that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it started out with John. John really had the idea for Entrepreneurs on Fire, and it came from a pain point that he saw. He was in the car driving to work a lot. Um, he was in commercial real estate at the time, so he was spending a lot of time driving to appointments, meeting clients, showing buildings, and he ran out of podcasts to listen to. And he was like, I can't go back to the radio. <laughs> I love podcasts. 
podcasts. They're so awesome. They're free. They're on demand. I'm hearing these inspiring stories from hosts like Pat Flynn and David Seitman Garland, who are interviewing entrepreneurs and talking about how these people have created this lifestyle freedom and this location independence. Like, I love hearing about this. I want this. Um, and so when he ran out of podcasts to listen to, because back then, you know, Pat and David and a few other, the podcasts he was listening to, they only did interviews like once a week, once every other week. So he's in the car for hours a day. And he's like, I need a daily podcast. I need a podcast that I could tune into every single day to hear these stories. So he launched entrepreneurs on fire, um, with the full focus on following an Albert Einstein quote, try not to be a person of success, rather a person of value. And the story that he tells around that is that up until that point, all he was doing was chasing success. How can I get a better job, more money, um, you know, more notoriety, live in a bigger city, you know, all of these things that success kind of represented at the time. But when you step back, like none of that's really success. Success is having financial and location and, and time freedom so that you could do what you want, when you want with who you want. That's my personal definition of freedom. And he finally realized that chasing success wasn't working. So he decided to flip the script and start focusing on providing value first. And that's what he did with the podcast. He launched the podcast September, 2012. And by April of 2013, I quit my job to join the team to help him start um, offering products and services and, and memberships and these things to our community. Their community kept coming to us and asking for, um, and it just proved that, you know, him going all in on just providing the highest amount of value that he possibly could, that sh showed people that this was a person that they could know, like, and trust that he was showing up for them. And with that came requests and questions and stories and um, struggles and pain points. And he was able to take all of that and create, you know, our first mastermind, our first online course, our first journal, our, his book that he's publishing. And so it's been, um, it's been quite the journey, but we are absolutely loving every second. Well, congratulations on the success you've had. I've already pre-purchased your book in Thank you. audio form, and I'm super excited awesome. for it to come out here soon. Thank you so much. So in all of this adventure you've, you two have been through together, what is the greatest home run that you guys have hit? What's the greatest success that you've had? Wow. That's a big question because it kind of goes back to like, what does success mean to you? Right. Um, gosh, I mean, I feel like we've been so blessed to have like really, I mean, a moment that stands out to me for sure is when we got to go on a trip to Guatemala to, um, see a school that we helped build through Pencils of Promise. I don't know if you've heard of this organization. They help build schools in developing countries. Um, we got to be at a school opening that we helped fund, and that was an incredible experience. That was thanks to the launch of the Freedom Journal, which was our first journal that we published in January 2016 on Kickstarter. Um, that generated $453,000 in 33 days, and that was just like so over 7,000 people back the project and like gives me chills thinking about it because John and I initially started out with launching the freedom journal and thinking like, well, let's 
try this on Kickstarter. Neither of us knew anything about Kickstarter. We'd never tried the platform before. We had our own audience, but we thought, well, it can't hurt to try and reach people that we don't know yet. And in fact, we just had um, a woman, Elizabeth Granados, down to our house in Puerto Rico two weeks ago. And she found out about us through Kickstarter, ordered the journal and launched her business. And now her business is doing incredibly well because she took the 100 days to accomplish her number one goal, thanks to the Freedom Journal. So, I mean, everything is very connected. Um, I, I see, like I pick out points in our business that have been such huge wins and all of them are linked to other things that we've done or people we've met or projects that we funded or um, you know charities that we've donated to. And it really is like a beautiful, uh, I guess, connected system when you run a business that you know is all working towards the same goal of, from the very beginning, we just wanted to inspire millions of people to understand that they had a choice other than, you know, working a job that they didn't like to understand that they had a choice other than, you know, struggling financially to understand that they had a choice to be stuck in one part of the country or, you know, internationally, like you don't need to settle for any of that. So that's, a, that's what we're looking to get out into the world. What an inspiring story. And it also reminds me of the law of the harvest too. If we want to have love in our lives, if we want to have success in our lives, the best way to do that is to help other people have love and success in their lives. And as you define your success by helping build a school and being able to be part of that and help how that helped you feel successful, um, you achieved that because you helped other people through your listeners um, your, your watchers, uh, you know, through your podcast and YouTube channel and such, and, and through those children that you helped create that school for. So thanks for the huge difference for good that you guys are making. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Tell me about your biggest failure or mistake that you've made and, and what'd you learn oh, from goodness. it? Okay. Um, gosh, for me personally in the business and Katrina, I'm sure you handle so many of the same like day to day and like overall bigger picture things that I handle in our business. Um, one of those things is finances, which kind of, you know, is, <laughs> can be a, a very charged subject. Um, not in the respect of like, well, just in the respect that if you don't understand your numbers and know your bottom line, then you're never going to be working towards the opportunity to reinvest in your business, to invest in projects like Pencils of Promise, et cetera. And from the very beginning, John and I have been very in tune and you know, in touch with what our numbers are. We do monthly income reports where we share every single penny we make, every single penny we spend not only helps hold us accountable, but it helps show people what it takes to run a seven figure business. And that, <laughs> you know, you really have to be on top of your numbers all the time. And a huge failure on my part is when we moved to Puerto Rico, we had to adjust our uh, merchant or our bank merchant and our credit card processing because the company that supported us in the US, they then considered Puerto Rico not a part of the US. So we had to transfer those accounts. And in transferring those accounts, um, the merchant company failed to let us know that they did not accept American Express. They only accepted Visa and Master. 
your card should have been um, on me because I take full responsibility for the things that I'm responsible for in the business. Um, I really wish they would have let me know that, but they didn't. And I didn't, you know, dig deep enough to understand that. And about two months went by and I was doing a balancing of our numbers of, you know, what we should have generated from our online courses and students and what was actually being deposited into our bank account. And I found a big disparity. And it was those American Express payments were coming through, but they weren't actually being transferred because our merchant account wasn't connected to American Express any longer. So that was a, a very hard lesson. Um, and, you know, John and I had some very like charged conversations around, you know, what a mistake like that can do to a business. Um, and I would say that's probably something that stands out in my mind is like, you know, the biggest lesson that I learned from that is you do have to take full responsibility for everything that happens in your business. You know, we can hope and pray and, <laughs> you know, rely on consultants and companies and services and softwares to do certain stuff for us, but we can't rely on them to be responsible for, you know, ultimately how our business is running. And that has really taught me to have a, a closer look at, you know, what's going on on a day-to-day, month-to-month basis in our business. What a great point is that at the end of the day, we are responsible. What an important attribute of an entrepreneur is, is the buck stops with us. So this show is about digital monetization, um, how people can, can leverage the assets they have to make, uh, you know, a lot more profit. What is the best monetization secret or strategy that you can share with our audience? Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't see it as a secret, but it's something that I see a lot of people ignoring in their business is there's so much focus on strategies to get more leads, to market to more people, to have more listeners, viewers, website visitors, a bigger email list, like bigger, 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 more people, more people. And that's really not what it's about. It's about having an engaged audience of people who care about what you have to offer and who need what you offer. And that is, means knowing your avatar, your perfect customer. That means niching down so that you're not trying to talk to a huge group of people. Rather, you're trying to talk to a very specific set of people. And it means focusing not on going and getting more, 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 but focusing on the customers that you already have. The easiest or I guess most scalable route to increase revenue in your business is paying attention to the customers that you already have because those people have already pulled out their wallets and paid you. Those people already know, like, and trust you. Those people already know that what you have to offer is a legitimate product or service or whatever it might be that they've already paid you money for. So what's the next level of that? What's the continuation that you can offer them that will get them one step closer to where they want to be? not starting over at square one and going and finding more people that you have to get to know, like, and trust you and take out their wallets and pay you the first dollar. But what about all the people who you've already done that with? And I think that that is something that people 
people are missing out on. You know, they put out a product or a service and then they think, oh, great. Like I have some customers over here. What else can I create? What more can I do? How can I get more people into my business? But like they're missing out on leveraging what they've already created. I love it. That is so important. So it's, you're saying it's a lot easier to generate incremental profits by working from our existing customers instead of trying to find a new customer and go through that whole process of trying to build credibility and relationships with, with a new customer. Absolutely. And, and uh, to clarify, I'm definitely not saying that you should stop doing that. I mean, yeah. you should continue to put out value and content and attract people to you and get the right people, you know, in your corner, in your view. But when it comes to actually monetizing, there's so much to be done where yeah. you've already started. Don't forget about that existing audience. I love it. Okay. Katrina to you. First of all, it's such a privilege to meet you. Um, Aww, I feel like you. I'm welcome. I have a million questions for you, but I'll spare <laughs> you. Um, I guess one of my first questions I have is what kind of content do you guys produce, publish, and like what platforms do you guys publish to? So right now we publish content um, on our podcast feed, which is our biggest, um, on our blog. So on our website, we have blog content. Um, and then pretty much every other platform is repurposed. So anything that's on YouTube is repurposed from the podcast. Anything that's on Medium is repurposed from the blog. Our email content is repurposed from both the podcast and the blog. So really the two main channels are podcast and blog. And then everything else like social media and everything is just repurposing that content from the podcast and the blog. Awesome. And do you have a team that helps you with all this publishing? Definitely. So we have three virtual team members. So it's myself and John, and then we have two team members in the Philippines and a team member in Pakistan. Oh, wow. Our team member in Pakistan is really the one that helps John most with the um, actual content on the podcast in terms of like uploading um John does all the recording, editing, and then at that point, it's uploaded, scheduled, and like uh, descriptions and everything are created, repurposed from the show notes pages, um, which is done by one of our other virtual team members in the Philippines. Um, so those, those two, JM and Tipo, they really manage um, podcast content. Um, I manage all of our blog content, so I'm completely in charge of that. And then our team member, Jess, really helps us with anything community related. So um, from a systems perspective, I'm happy to share with you guys in terms of like what happens from, you know, the time John books a guest till the time that that interview actually goes live, who's touching what and like how that flows. Um, but yeah, we do have team members helping with different parts of the process. What do you use to schedule your posts? So for the blog? Um, for all of your content, do you guys have different platforms that you use or? Yeah, so for the blog, everything's scheduled within WordPress. Our site's on WordPress. So everything's um, in there. We use Hootsuite for social media. Yeah. Um, so that's the scheduling tool that we use for social media. 
Um, podcasts are all scheduled in our podcast host, which is Libsyn. Um, and then YouTube is through a tool called repurpose.io. Um, so that helps you automatically get podcast content onto different social media platforms. So we use repurpose.io for that. Okay. That's and Splashio. Splashio is another tool that creates like the little snippets um, that we can post on social media. So we use Splashio as well. And how far in, in advance do you guys publish or schedule your posts? For the podcast, at least 30 days. So we're always a month ahead on podcasts. Um, for the blog, um, probably like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. And are there any other tools that you guys help or that you guys use to help you besides like Hootsuite and Libsyn in the publishing process? I guess a, not in the publishing process, no. Um, I guess in terms of like the overall system that we have put together, a lot of um, our organization and um, scheduling for the podcast and tracking that is done in, we use Google Sheets and Google Docs a lot, okay. um, just because it's easy to share with team members. Everything's like live updates. Um, we use Asana for project management, which is a really helpful tool for us. Um, I guess one of my last questions I have is someone who's just basically starting off in like in your shoes, what advice would you have for me or others who are just starting off? publishing their question. content. And yeah, I would say, um, don't, don't get overwhelmed at the thought of trying to create systems around everything at the same time. I would choose whatever is your guys's either most regular content that you create, or that has the highest ROI for the business. And take that one thing and have your full focus be to create a system around how that content is created, scheduled, published, shared. Um, and then once you have done it with that one thing, then like find what that next thing is, but don't try and feel like you need to create systems around everything, like right at the same time. Um, so maybe for you guys, you know, it's the podcast. And so you think about like, what's, what, what steps do we take to create the podcast? Like every single person involved on your team, whether it's just the two of you or there's other people involved. So like, what are the exact steps that you take from the time that you research a guest, find a guest, book a guest, get a guest on the line with you? How are you preparing the questions, the content? What's the editing process? who's uploading, who's scheduling, like who's creating a show notes page if you guys do show notes. So really just like, dive deep into every single step that happens when you do that thing. And then in that you can start to find efficiencies of like, if there's an outline that you can create or like actually for scheduling for the podcast, we use schedule once for our mm -hmm. interviews. Um, and that is really helpful because just in that process alone, we can get every piece of information we need from the guest, including like their talking points, their headshot, um, you know, when the interview is going to be their release. Um, so every, there's like six different things that happen just with that one tool that we were able to put in place thanks to the system that we created for it. 
Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, when starting a digital business, first, find a way to add value to your customers' lives. Number two, content creation has become an essential part of businesses. We should develop systems to help with the process of creating and publishing content. Number three, repurposing content saves time and resources, generates more reach, increases online presence, improves SEO, and strengthens our messaging. Number four, digital tools are a great way to help with publishing and management and do a lot more with fewer resources. Number five, at the end of the day, we need to remember that we are responsible for everything that happens within our systems. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Kate or connect with her, you can find her on LinkedIn. If you want to learn more about Entrepreneurs on Fire, you can visit their website, eofire.com. You can also subscribe to her podcast, Kate's Take, and there's links to all of those sites on the blog post for this episode. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, please subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What systems and processes have helped your business to run smoothly and grow faster? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you develop great systems and processes to make your growth possible. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.